0: It is that time again. It is New Testament Friday. So good to have you here. We are coming to you deep from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. And we have our coffee of the week. And that is this roast right here from Hammock Coffee Company, local brewers. I got these beans and this. Particular batch is called Midnight Aurora. Midnight Aurora. And it says it's a Colombian coffee. And uh, it is uh, stone fruit, citrus, and cocoa. And it does have a great flavor. And so you can get these locally. Kyle Purdy is uh, part of his business and his sister, uh, Jeremy. And uh, they are opening this down in the hammock. I don't think... It's a shop that's open yet, but they do have an online uh, ordering system. HammockCoffeeCompany.com Go look at their products. They are not a paid sponsor. I just like the coffee and their friends. But we are sponsored by Barkey's RV Rental. And uh, so uh, uh, if you want to go camping locally, In any state park or RV park and uh, don't have a camper, go to parkysrv.com and uh, send me a note and we can work something out. Love to have you. Always a great discount for friends and family. And if you put Wake Up To The Word in there, we'll give you a discount as well, even if I don't know you. So that's okay. All righty. I'm drinking my coffee. I've had my breakfast. I'm um, getting ready to go. You got you got your uh, your coffee of the week, and it's a good one. So try that out. Trying to remember everything. I know there's something else I got. You should have your new um, Bible reading plan for the for the uh, final quarter of 2023. Uh, we are up at 1,800 of views and uh, still uh, climbing. So love that. Thank you so much. Still being heard in seven country, so all the sharing is uh, just having this spread, and I just love sharing the Word of God, and I hope you're enjoying it while we do it. Our New Testament reading for this week is John 16 and 17, so um, we're going to ask you to uh, turn to your Bible and get there, because you know what time it is. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, it is. This is, uh, we're going to, we talked last week about, um, last week when we left our friends, um, about the hatred of of the world. The world hates you because they hated him first. Okay, so he's continuing in this uh, soliloquy, if you will, this teaching model. He's he's clarifying some things. Is Jesus talking to his disciples? He says, I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. Uh, they will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. So they're serving God in following Christ, yet he's telling them, Jesus is telling them, the Christ is telling them, in their service to God, they're going to come after you to kill you because. They think they're serving God. And so this is the conundrum uh, we come into as believers, as Christ followers, is that people have their own concept of what following Christ is. and But it's not what God says in his word. It's not that. And you'll hear people say, well, you know, if that's the God you're following, that's not the God I worship. And so... Uh, right there, a statement like that says, well, you've created a God in your mind, and you're believing in the God that you created. That's called idolatry, and it's not biblical Christianity. It's not what Christ called us to. He's called us to, we're supposed to drop the world and follow him, and that's what we're called to do. It's 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 that simple a choice. Uh, it's a full surrender. It's a complete surrender. Uh, people can say a prayer every day. <clears throat> That's not what Christ has called us to. So we, this this animus is something that if you have that in your life, we're not telling you to be mean to people. We're telling you to tell people the truth and, and love them enough to tell them the truth. So, uh, yeah, we'll continue on. It's 16. This is chapter 16 of John and um uh, we're doing sixteen and seventeen, and uh I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me where you are going, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart, nevertheless, he's told them that he's gonna go <clears throat> so he's he's gonna uh start clarifying now, so I'm gonna jump down to um ah uh, where am i seven nevertheless i tell you the truth it is to your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged, so so this um this challenge I share this with people often because they they say things like, "I'm really feeling convicted uh that God convicted me of this, and uh i I needed to change it." And, and, and I don't uh, have any qualm uh, necessarily with people using that term. But this is the only place that the Bible uses this term convicted or convicting or convict. When, and when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world. The world. He will convict the world. Concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And so, this is the conviction of people who are not Christ followers. Uh, Yes, he convicted you before you followed Christ. What did he convict you of? Convicted you that you were a sinner of sin. Because they do not believe in me. That's why you're getting that conviction. People who do not believe. Concerning righteousness. Because he goes to the Father. He's showing us the way that God is supposed to do... God has called us to do things, so He's He's uh uh we're not following Him, so He's showing us how to follow, and uh, and and um concerning uh, judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, the Satan, the devil, uh, is judged. So his his his, so if you're following the world, then you're judged along with Satan. So that's so He's convicting unbelievers of that 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 they need to follow God's ways, Their their life is sin, and they will be judged. So <clears throat> that's what the conviction is. The conviction is for people to turn to Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit comes for. Now, some people reject that conviction. That's a different part of Scripture, but that I equate with the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So that conviction that comes... Is For people to turn to Christ, and when people reject that conviction, they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's the only sin that cannot be forgiven. Why? Because when you turn to Christ, your sins are forgiven. So the only one that can't be forgiven is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes to convict you toward salvation, convict people toward salvation a general conviction of people towards salvation. So the other thing you're feeling when you're saved, you're not going to feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you now. Your spirit is in communication with the Holy Spirit. And when you're going off the path, when you're doing things wrong, when you're not doing things the right way, The Holy Spirit is grieved. You read about that, the grieving of the Holy Spirit. And we'll get into that, and we'll probably repeat this whole thing when we get there. Uh, But your spirit is grieved. That's what we are identifying, or I used to identify it, as I felt convicted. No, your spirit is grieved, because the Holy Spirit is grieved, and it's actually proof of your salvation. When you feel that grieving to change, to modify, to move... Uh, t- into righteousness, when you feel that, that grieving within you, you feel low, you feel like you're doing something wrong. That's the spirit grieving, and your spirit is communicating with the Holy Spirit. You're feeling that grieving as well. It's not a conviction. A conviction is a legal term here in scripture that means sentenced, sentenced to death. You're, you're being sentenced, and you're not being sentenced, so you don't get a conviction you get a grieving. So um, do I get my my undies all in a wad when people use the word conviction? Uh, no. Uh, I do say, eh, shouldn't use that. But I don't embarrass people in front of other people. But when I have the opportunity to teach it, that's what the Bible has shown me very clearly, that this word is only used here. That's the only time it's used. And so um, we want to Always teach what the Bible is teaching. And and lots of camps use lots of different terms, and I just try to clarify these things. It's not that the actions and attitudes and even doctrines are wrong, but sometimes the terminology is incorrect. And when people go to Scripture to try to validate the doctrine or the 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 truth or the principle, they struggle to find it because they were given wrong terminology. So I like to use the terminology of Scripture in order for people to go back to Scripture in order to find it. That's your learning and teaching tool of the day. Um, We don't have a school bell, so I don't know how how to, I can't ring the bell. Oh well wookie yell there you go so um i still have many things to say to you but you cannot hear them now when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak oh my goodness whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He indwells believers, indwell the apostles, and all those who authored the Word of God, uh, created the canon of Scripture, but now he confirms in believers the canon of Scripture, And so when we take these things in their correct context and pull them out of Scripture, there should be a confirmation in our heart. And when we do something that contradicts Scripture, directly contradicts Scripture, I've heard believers say, well, I feel a peace. I feel a peace in my heart. That's my sensitive Christian um, impression. I feel a peace in my heart. That, I, that I'm doing the right thing, and the problem is, is that well, but what if Scripture says exactly the opposite? What, you uh, a and negative a cannot be equal. Okay, non a and a cannot be equal. So when God says this, and you're doing the opposite of this, you, you the peace you're feeling is is not from God. It's not from the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what spirit you're getting your information from or what you're getting your peace from, but it's not the Holy Spirit. So uh, these are hard conversations to have, but when you build relationships with people, it's much easier to have these conversations. Uh, I've had these conversations with people. They come to me and say, I'm going to give you an example. Someone came to me once and said, you know, I, I started living with my girlfriend. And I really have a peace about that. And I said, well, I don't know why you have a peace about it, because that's not what God says is, is God's best. Uh, you know, I'm not You know, I'm telling you to go to hell, you're going to hell or anything like that. But what I'm telling you is that's not God's best. So you shouldn't have a peace. You should actually have, uh, you should have, you should be uncomfortable about that. He goes, well, well uh, you know, I, I came to you and asked you about it. I said, well, you were looking for me to say it's okay. And, and uh, I'm telling you that the word of God, doesn't say that. Well, where does it say that? He said, well, I, so I gave him an example. I said, let's talk about the woman at the well. Jesus talks with the woman at the well and tells her to go get her husband. She says, uh, I don't have a husband. And he, God says to her, Jesus says to her, well, you have, you've had many husbands and, but the man that you're with now is not your husband. And so she was ashamed. Why was she ashamed? Because the God of creation was pointing out her sin. Did he not love her? No, he still loved her. Did she go away with joy? She did go away with joy. Did she hear the truth of Jesus Christ? She met the Messiah, but she changed her life. She went and changed her life. She went and told everyone about Jesus. So if you're thinking that Jesus was saying that was good, you totally misread that scripture. He's saying, it's not God's best, and you should change that if you want to be God's best. So he didn't receive that all that well. Did get married a bit later, but um, didn't receive it well at the time. But it's those kind of conversations. I had a relationship with the man. We were discipling together, and this was his decision. And, And so we tell the truth. We tell the truth in love. Didn't hate him. Continued to disciple with him. Continued to point him in that direction. Did get married a bit later not even that long afterwards but those are the kind of stories those are the kind of testimonies that come up those are the kind of interactions you're going to have when people make choices that are against the word of god because if the holy spirit is involved there should be peace or grieving right you should have that grieving that unrest in your heart if you're a follower of christ and you're not doing the things that he says. so let's keep going uh, your sorrow will turn to joy. In a little while, you will see me no longer. And then a little while, you will see me again. So he's, he's, uh, he's, tell- he's basically telling him, you know, I'm going to die and you're not going to see me. And then I'm going to be resurrected and you're going to see me again. And so he's, he's, he's trying to prepare them for that. And, um, and then verse 20 of 16, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful but your sorrow will turn to joy, so the the world will rejoice. The enemy is going to be so happy because death is his domain, and I've said this often to people. God pulled off the most amazing bait and switch that this this universe has ever seen, because the devil's domain is death. That's that's his domain. Sheol, the grave, the wilderness, death, that's his domain. Darkness is his domain. So when the Son of Man came, when the Son of God comes to earth, and they are battling against him, and they get people to kill him, they think that they've won. But death was exactly what Christ came to defeat. And when he rose again, death was defeated, the enemy thought he'd won, he ended up losing. The amazing bait and switch had happened. Baited Satan into killing the Son of God, only to find out it was the payment. It was the full payment for all sin. Angels Spiritual beings do not understand the redemption plan. We talk about that when we get to other 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 books of scripture. So they didn't see it coming. Um, later on, he he says in twenty four, he says, "I uh, until now you have asked nothing in my name." Uh, th- that's very interesting because he, it, it, uh, the name of Jesus has not been. Uh, presented yet they've been they've been praying to yahweh they've been uh adonai they've been saying so uh jehovah Je- they've been they've been using uh the, the the identifications of the father and even in jewish culture they wouldn't say it that's the adonai is they don't say it because they didn't want to say i am they don't want to say yahweh they don't want to use that term so they 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 come up with other descriptions and jehovah jireh and those kind of things so um, got my little light here I'm trying not to make sure it doesn't shine at the camera so I can read my Bible little overcast today. Um, uh, then uh, it goes on uh, the end of 16 John 16 says I have said these things to you that you that uh, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart. I have overcome the world. So great. That's a great uh, comforting message. He's overcome the world, but we're going to have tribulation. So, I you know, I, I don't know where you thought maybe that your life would be all peaches and cream. We do have it somewhat easy here in America, but not every Christian does. But tribulation comes to all of us in all kinds of forms. Um, and And that's Jesus said, that's what's going to happen. So if you're not thinking it's not going to happen, then you're reading the wrong Bible. Um, <clears throat> uh, we started the 17. Jesus had spoken these words. He lifted up his eyes. This is a continuous uh, 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 event going on and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may, may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given to him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Um, so that, that uh, he's praying to the Father, he's, he's, he's talking about those who would believe. Uh, you could look at that in context, saying he's talking about the twelve, the eleven, um, and in other places, it does. It does. Uh, it does uh, specifically talk like that. <clears throat> now we, I'm going to come down. I'm going to clarify some things here, um, because Jesus prays for many different things, and usually he specifies when he's praying. And so he he uh, he goes through this prayer. I manifested your name. This is uh, verse six of chapter seventeen. I manifested your name to the people whom you gave me. Now he's talking. He's talking to to the Father. He's praying to me out of the world. Yours, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and I have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours now some people say that Jesus doesn't pray for the world he only prays for <clears throat> those the 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 elect he only prays for those who are saved he doesn't pray for the world but that's just this prayer this specific prayer he's praying for these the 11 right now he's praying for them because they are going to start going through it right now they're beginning the journey But if you continue on down in the prayer, um, you'll see some details in verse 12. While I was with them, I kept them in your name. So he's talking about the 12, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So you know he's talking about the 12 Apostles, because he's excluding Judas specifically. Okay, so that is a very focused prayer. He's praying for them. Now we continue as he continues to pray for the 12. <clears throat> he uh, some of the terminology stays the same, some of it moves around a little. I'm going to go to 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Hey, we've talked about that already. Let me get my glasses on. Just as I am not in the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Pretty easy. You're not taking us out of the world. Not taking the 12, I mean, out of the world. The 11, they'll add one later. Uh, but protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, very important, because he continues to pray. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me, okay? For the believers that will follow. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So the prayer changes. He's praying for the 12, excluding the world, because he wants to pray specifically for the 12, for the 11. And now, as the prayer progresses, he prays for us, the followers of Jesus Christ, that will follow after those apostles that will follow. And he's praying for the world that they hear the message. So he does pray for the world and. In certain prayers, he prays for specific people who are not of the world. That's just good hermeneutics. That's good reading of Scripture. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. And so then as he wraps this up, uh, <clears throat> um, 26, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So that's Jesus' prayer for you, that, that you feel his presence, you feel that you're one with him, not only him, but other believers. Why? So that the world can see our gathering. As the fellowships gather, the different fellowships, wherever they are, whether they're Life Coast Church, Parkview Church, Epic Church, uh, Beachside, all the guys, had lunch with them Wednesday, great time, Coastal Community, uh, First Baptist Church, First Baptist Benel, First Baptist Palm Coast, all those guys, awesome, as we get together, all of these fellowships are meeting Those things should be attractional. We should be the light. Our lives should look different. As we go out into the world, we should be doing things. We should look different. We should be in harmony with each other, knowing that we're believers. I think it's important that we know as many believers as we possibly can, that our relationships are different. Our relationships shine differently. They sound differently. They interact differently People of the world should look and see, as they are going through this, this hard challenge that we have even in our country right now, people are losing hope. They should look at the church and see this hope, this love. What's going on there? I want to go there. We should look different. We should sound different. We should be proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ, but doing it with hope and with joy. We should look different. Because the Father, because Jesus says we should look like Him. We should be one with Him and the Father through the Spirit. That's good stuff. That's what we got for you today at New Testament Friday. New Testament Friday. That's great stuff. Arnold says he'll be back. Will you be back? So get some of that coffee. Hammock Hammock Coffee Company. Good stuff. I got it right here. I'll just keep the music going. We hope to see you again next week. Pastor Mike in our our Hebrews message coming up Sunday, 1030, Matanzas High School. That's where Life Coast Church meets. Come up and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great, great, amazing spirit-led weekend. Until I see you again God bless. Love you guys.